Let's take a moment to pray together now. Let's pray. Lord, we know this story so well, and it's a joy to come back to it each year as part of our regular rhythm and pattern in life here in the church. But we recognize that the writing down of this story, the rehearsal of this story uh, every year as we come to the season of Advent and then Christmas, is not so that we can just look back with sentimental uh, fondness on something that happened a long time ago, but so that we can realize your imminence, that you are here, that the same God born all those years ago is the same God today who reaches out to us in love and seeks entry into our hearts and our lives. So as we attend to your word today, as we listen to these stories, as we reflect on them, we recognize that your spirit is here and that your spirit is calling us to respond, even as the major characters in that story all those years ago had to respond to where you were taking them, where you were leading them. So be in what's said and done this morning. May you be honored and may we be encouraged and inspired to live lives that are worthy of you, because we ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Now, what better occasion to blow your own trumpet than when you've got the Bonacord Silver Band with you? For reasons that will become clear shortly, I'm going to begin by showing you a wee clip of me playing part of a Led Zeppelin song called Since I've Been Loving You. Crank it up. Better. I've loved that song for years, uh, but it's only in the last couple of months that I've actually managed to get it into my fingers. Uh, I started out on the electric guitar at about the age of 18, but after a few years, I moved on to the acoustic, and that's what I've been tending to play ever since. And part of the reason that I made that change is that I could never figure out what my guitar heroes, Jimmy Page, Jimi Hendrix, and Dave Gilmore, were actually playing. I would be sitting there for hours, and some of you I know will have done this, with my old cassette player, play, listen, rewind, play, listen, rewind, for hours trying to work out what it was that they were playing and where on earth they were playing it, because there's lots of places you can play stuff on a guitar. And even when I got close, it still never quite sounded the same. So in the end, I got discouraged, and I moved on to something that felt a bit more manageable, namely the acoustic guitar. But things have moved on in the last 30 years. If you go onto YouTube and you type in Led Zeppelin guitar tutorials, there are literally hundreds of people on there showing you exactly what to play note by note and taking it at a manageable pace. And it's great because suddenly I'm able to play all these things that I labored over when I was a kid. And some of them aren't nearly as hard as I thought they were. And although I'll never be up on stage bashing these tunes out, I'm quite happy cranking up the volume at home and letting rip. 
although there have been a couple of times over the last month when I've missed Amazon deliveries because I didn't hear the doorbell going. Seeing somebody, actually seeing somebody playing those pieces and talking you through what's going on has made a huge difference to my learning. I'm not having to work things out for myself anymore, and that's great. But here's the thing, and it pains me to say it. You could probably teach a well-trained monkey to do what you've just seen me do. At the end of the day, all I've really done is copy someone. I've learned patterns, and I can produce the right sounds, but I don't know what notes I'm playing, and I don't know what key I'm playing in, and if I go wrong at any point, then I'm lost, and I don't know where to go next. That's the main reason that you're getting a video today and not a live performance. <laughs> I can play my way through the solo pretty efficiently because I've practiced the patterns, but I still don't really know the fretboard. It's largely a mystery to me. And that's where I differ from real musicians, like the good folk from the Bon Accord Silver Band, who are here today. Or perhaps even from my own family. People often tell me that I've got a very talented family musically, and my standard reply is to say that what they've achieved musically is at least as much about discipline and dedication as it is about talent, though they're undoubtedly talented. Rona, Ross, Mary, and Isla have knuckled down and put in the hours of theory and practice that helped to unlock the instruments that they play. I've just hit the distortion pedal and turned the amp up to 11. Or I've noodled about with unconnected little bits and pieces that I like and that I want to try and play. They now know their instruments. After 30 years of noodling, I still don't really know mine. And much as I get a kick out of playing other people's music, I don't just want to imitate. I want to be able to innovate, to create my own music. But the freedom to do that well only comes with the discipline of structured practice. And that is something I'm starting to look at now. I've joined an online community where I'm finally learning some theory and committing to a more structured practice regime. And I hope that in time, that's going to get me to a place where I can do what I want to do, which is not just imitate others, but play well enough to really know what I'm doing and be able to improvise up and down the fretboard. And that's our link into thinking about life and faith today. The novelist Chaim Potok tells a story about how his mother always used to hassle him over his choice to pursue a career in writing rather than in medicine. And she just couldn't see the value in him being a writer. So she'd say every time he was home, she'd say, son, you should forget writing. You should be a brain surgeon. You'll make a lot of money. You'll save a lot of people's lives. You'll stop a lot of people from dying. And this went on and on. Every time he came home from college, he got the same thing. Chime, you should be a brain surgeon. You'll make a lot of money. You'll stop a lot of people from dying. And it just went on for years and years. Every break he was home from uni, the same thing, until one day he finally exploded. And he said, Mama, I don't want to stop people from dying. I want to show them how to live. I want to show them how to live. And isn't that what we're all trying to figure out how to live. Isn't that what all the experts on the telly are trying to tell us? And Lord knows there's plenty of them. 
Isn't that why the self-help section in all the bookstores is burgeoning? I had a wee smile at this notice I saw on Waterstones the other week. It was in the self-help section. It said, I went into a bookstore and asked the saleswoman, where's the self-help section? She said, if she told me, it would defeat the purpose. (laughs) We're all trying to work out how to live. But who will we learn from? Oprah? Marie Kondo? Ant and Dec? Who are we going to learn from? Here in the church, we've had an answer to that question for over 2,000 years. We're trying to learn how to live from the author of life itself. And part of the blessing of Christmas is in His coming close to let us see what a fully human life looks like when sin and selfishness are taken out of the equation. And it's a beautiful thing to behold When you actually get into the Gospels and you read them for yourself, you soon realize how strong and purposeful and wise and simple and selfless Jesus was. And if Jesus is, as the Old Testament prophets call him, Emmanuel, which means God with us, then we can be sure that the God in heaven is no different in character from the God who walked the earth in Christ He made his life's music in the key of the Spirit, which has nine notes in it. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And he calls women and men to play in the same key, to master the basics of faith, prayer, reading, worship, service, and then to go on to improvise around those themes in the key of the Spirit, to find our own unique ways of reflecting something of the beauty of God's character in the world. And when we do so, it is a beautiful thing, a beautiful thing. Rob Bell tells a story about a woman from his church who was sitting outside her home in Detroit and saw a woman that she recognized pushing a shopping trolley full of clothes and kitchen items down the street. And she stopped her and asked her what she was doing. And the trolley lady explained that she was moving to a new flat just a few blocks away, but because her car had broken down, she was having to do it all on foot. And they talked long enough for the first woman to be sure of her story. And when she was convinced, she said, look, there's my car. There's the keys. Just take them. Just bring the car back at the end of the day when you're finished. You can do that in the States because of the way they they insure cars over there. And at the end of that day, the trolley lady brought back the car and the keys as planned, and she handed the keys over to her new friend, and she looked her in the eye, and she said, nobody has ever trusted me that way before. Nobody. Nobody. It's a beautiful thing. Or I think of the mainly music group here in Bulhelvy. When a lovely wee girl with Down syndrome started coming along with her mum, the team found out that she was learning Makaton sign language to help with her communication. So the team decided that they would get some basic training in Makaton so they could communicate better with this wee girl when she was in the class and work some Makaton signing into some of the songs that they were singing so she would feel 
more involved. They didn't have to do that. But they chose to. It's a beautiful thing. Or I think of one of my elders who's bought loads of tablet from a young woman who's fundraising for an overseas trip, and that's helped her out in the process. But then she's gone on and she's taken a wee bag of tablet around to each of the members in her district when she's been out doing her visiting. But just small things. But they're great stories of people improvising out of their faith, making sweet music with their lives. And I tell you these stories today, not so you can copy them, but so that we're inspired to go out and make our own stories, to improvise in the Spirit in our own way. 2,000 years ago, the angels sang that wonderful song of peace on earth and goodwill to humankind. It's up to you and me to make that message believable in our time and place through the music that we make with our lives. Amen. And thanks be to God for His Word.